The Toronto Maple Leafs fall to the Chicago Blackhawks. And they don't just fall. They completely blow a serious, serious meeting of being swept by the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL in Connor Bedard and all things necessary eliminate their two meetings between the Toronto Blue Jays. I should say the Toronto Maple Leafs. And guess what? America and Canada, they're back at it again with the Penn State of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The people responsible with the former Toronto Maple Leafs GM, Kyle Dubas. How will that all happen? We'll save that for another reaction. Welcome to Leafs Reaction. After a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. The Toronto Maple Leafs are recapped here on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. Now, here is the host of Toronto Maple Leafs postgame show, Thomas McGregor. Welcome to Maple Leafs postgame on the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. I am your host, Thomas McGregor, and we're going to do things a little bit differently for post games that are Toronto Maple Leaf post games and make them reaction pods. So, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they get ready to play the Pittsburgh Penguins, who were also in action. But my, 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 my goodness. Out of all things to come out of a Toronto Maple Leafs and Chicago Blackhawks final game in this season, you pick William Nylander to get the overtime winner. And that ain't the half of it. I mean, look, look. Look, look at this. We have strong Maple Leaf players getting goals that don't even score as often as our other guys. Look at this. You've got Nick Robertson to be answered by Jason Dickinson. Again. Somebody that rarely scores. You've got 
Palais Yandre. His fifth goal of the season. Congratulations to you. Then out of all the people we could think of to score a goal, whether it be Matthews, whether it be Nylander, whether it be whoever you could think of on the Toronto Maple Leafs to score, nobody would have thought this guy, a Pittsburgh Penguin hockey player, would wait until the last meeting between the Blackhawks to get a Toronto Maple Leafs goal. As a Toronto Maple Leaf. Wow. Steve Dangle put out on his reaction pod the reason of why this was the reason. Steve Dangle, shout out to you, man. This reaction, though, I mean, uh, you son of a guy. It was over. It was finished. William Nylander wins and all is forgiven. The Leafs split the series with the Blackhawks. But no! You get the one, two, three posts of the Chicago Blackhawks net. And you end up flipping it over. To the hero of the Blackhawks sweep in Kevin Korczynski. Kevin Korczynski is the game winner goal for your. Chicago Blackhawks decimating a three-post game winner from William Frickin' Nylander, who, with the Toronto Maple Leafs back in Sweden, had a great game. Going for him. His point streak. Everybody was waiting for when the day would come. That the point streak would end. But nobody thought it would end. Just before the Maple Leafs go against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think it's safe to say that William Nylander was what the Maple Leafs were looking at. And I, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. This is a reaction pot here. I don't know. What's going on with the Leafs? Who are they? Are they turning into the Leafs that don't win any games? Or are they just turning into people that have the, that have the Toronto Maple Leaf championship Rang on them, or are they just plain stupid? And 
I don't mean to get up in anybody's real Leafs Nation here, but that was just you, 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 yeah. I, 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 I mean, it was so good. It was so freaking good. The Leafs were gonna win five straight. We were gonna win five straight games for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and although we outshot the Blackhawks thirty-seven to thirty-four in the shots total, it was never enough. And Jason Dickinson being the nail in the coffin to even up the series at three goals to three. And then somehow, some way, Austin Matthews doesn't show. Morgan Riley does not show. Heck, even <clears throat> excuse me there. <clears throat> Mitch Marner doesn't show. It's the backup party of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's DJ Brody. It's Jake McCabe. It's Max Domi. It's David Camp. And on Jason Dickinson's goals, two of them were unassisted. Not true. They got feeds from other Blackhawk players and some feeds from Toronto Maple Leaf players that should be on the un- that should be on the assisted goal for Jason Dickinson. You know who does have assists here on the NHL thing as we're looking at it? Kevin. He was assisted by Connor Bedard. And he was assisted by another guy. I don't know who the name is. But let's stop talking about who the goal scorers were. Let's just, and let's just. Talk about now the penalties here on this Leaf reaction because I could go on and talk about how good the overtime, how good the game was in general, but this was just completely unavoidable. It started, I, I mean, I, I, I want to say I want to talk about the beginning penalties, but let's just skip the tripping, the hooking. Penalties and let, let, let's just go straight down to the best one everybody wants to look at. And I've heard and I've seen and I've seen this on a game I play the NA I play the NHL game. I've seen this on the NHL video game as a feedback when you're not doing anything on the ice. It's called the too many man on the ice penalty. Guys, it's simple. When your shift is done, get off the ice. When your turn to go on the ice happens, get on the ice. And again, I mentioned Steve Dangle. A Toronto Maple Leaf fan, just like myself, 
and a bunch of you Leafs Nation fans listening right now. It was the freaking most unbelievable thing you could do if it's not your turn to touch the ice, or it is your turn to touch the ice, but the person whose shift just ended hasn't left the ice. It's obviously not a good idea to touch the ice. I mean, Austin Matthews is on the ice. He he stays out for longer, but his shift's over. That does not give one of our other players of the Toronto Maple Leafs the right to touch the ice. Guys, it's simple. And Steve, Steve said it on his LFR. When your shift is over, get off the ice. When your turn to go on the ice is, get on the ice. But don't get on the ice if it's your turn. And the person you're subbing for isn't off the ice. Now that we got that out of the way, let's look at our penalty summary. As it looks like in the very last end of it, like the overtime, there was no penalties. I mean, it, I mean, it, I mean, this is just completely utter stupid. Ryan Reeves, I mean, who thought that was going to happen? He scored a goal. Great! He's got a goal! Woohoo! But then he gets the penalty box, the send bin. And why? Well, because him and Seth Jones literally went at it with each other and roughed each other up. They could have got fighting, but they didn't want to fight. They just wanted to rough each other up. Now, okay, that's great. That's fine. That's awesome. But Reese Johnson and William Lagerson decided, hey, they can do it. We can do it. And then Noah Gregor. He's had his way in this one with trying to get shot after 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 shot on the net. Do we realize as NHL fans of our teams, whether it's the Leafs or the Chicago Blackhawks, that we had the game-winning goal? If we're the Toronto Maple Leafs, do we realize? That we had the game-winning goal for, I can't repeat this, but I will say it anyway. Because Steve did it, and it's true. We had it for nine minutes and 15 seconds into the third. Woohoo! Jason Dickinson! His third goal of the day! Jason Dickinson with his 
third goal of the game. The hat trick. And everything is now tied at three goals apiece. As a matter of fact, while I'm on my shared screen and we're looking at our scores, why don't we just play the whole hat trick on the on this reaction? What why don't we just do that? Let's let's listen to how amazing the Toronto Maple Leafs are at allowing other teams to give them the hat trick for their certain goal players. Here we go. Here is hat trick. Jason Jason Dickinson, 15 seconds in. He completes the hat trick. Against the Matthews line for the Maple Leafs. Blackhawks trying to sweep the two-game season series with Toronto this season. They won 4-1 in Toronto. Dickinson scores! Throw those hats on the ice! It's a holiday weekend hat trick for Jason Dickinson. The first of his career. Again, on the hunt. And, and it looked at that point like the play was dead. But a bad pass by the Maple Leafs. Good job aggressively by Foligno there. Not not there, but McCabe now thinks... In case of point. I mean, that was a beauty goal by Jason Dickinson. That could have been his second goal of the game. But no, no, no. It ended up being not his second goal of the game. By far not his first goal of the game. It ended up being the hat-trick goal of the game. As he now has four, five, and six goals on the season. Let's get to the game summary and then we'll work on stuff that we do with our post-game shows that we usually do on this program. First period shot on goal. 15 for the Maple Leafs. Six for the Blackhawks. Second period arrives. Oh, what a surprise. It looks like we're even. Nine shots total. Nine for the Maple Leafs. Nine for the Blackhawks. How about that third period? Well, we get another nine for the Toronto Maple Leafs and 13 from the third period of the Chicago Blackhawks. So what about overtime? Well, Dean Lander made us only get four total shots in overtime. One of those shots being a post the post, the post, the post, the post, the literal worst game-winning goal you could ever have in overtime. Meanwhile, the Blackhawks make six total shots in overtime, and that sixth 
shot be the buzzer of a Blackhawk victory in heaven? Wild overtime winner. That could have been William Nylander. Goal. But no, but no, but no. Repost ain't gonna cut it. And as a result, The Maple Leafs lose. Oh, boy, 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 boy. Let's just, you know, let's just, let's, um, while I have the shared screen on here, let's, uh, let's give ourselves a round of applause for that. Should have got in, should have or didn't go in goal by the Toronto Maple Leafs. It should have went in. The game was over. It was on the breakaway. And let's just, I mean, let, let I mean, let, let me, let's just let the broadcast tell you what, what happened. It was on TSN and, of course, NBC Sports. But here we go. The game is tied. It's overtime. It's two minutes left on the clock. And this happens. Reichel drops for Jones. Works in a little back check by Reichel. Back in front of Reichel. Chance for Nylander. William Nylander with the game with a streak on the line. Nylander is scored. Wait, no. They're saying no. Nylander looks back. That was close. Posted out. And Nylander comes in here and he goes forehand, backhand. And I thought it went in. It goes Post, crossbar, post, crossbar, and out. This was it. This goes clearly on two things. Post, crossbar. In case of point. Now, everybody thought that was the end. That was the game. Heck, heck, I'm I'm sure. Heck, I'm sure. Any of us Blackhawk fans thought, well... Maybe we're not going to get lucky with the Leafs here. Maybe we should just move on to the next game. Heck, I'm sure the Leaf fans were like, Yeah! We split the series! We split the series! But, absolutely not. You thought you... Yeah. You split the series. Oh, okay. Of course you did. Um, but, uh, the crossbar, the pose, and the other pose. I mean, look, look, look at this. This is unfreaking believable. I never react to a lot of the Leaves games, but this one was worth this reaction pod. Started up for me. I mean, what? It was on a breakaway too. And look, look, look. Post, crossbar, post, and somehow it's out. And then 
this happened. Just as this one ends, this happens. We got the word from the man who finished it. But honestly, Kevin may have finished it and won it in overtime, but I feel like the one that really finished the Toronto Maple Leafs was the Jason Dickinson. Jason Dickinson, three goals. Speaking of which, we're going to wrap up this reaction pot on the other side with our a little bit of post-game pieces that we put together. And I also want to hear from both head coaches on this reaction pod as we will get to our as we will get to in the next couple of reaction pods. I want to put out some questions. So if you got questions, send them over at the Sports Beginners Podcast email, sportsbeginners8231 at gmail.com, and use the question mark in subject, ask behind benches. Because I want to hear your questions for the Toronto Maple Leafs games that we'd be reacting to. This was just game one that we're reacting to out of the 82 that have already been played. And we've got another one coming for you after Saturday night. Hopefully that's a better game. But for the longest nine minutes of the entire hockey game, the Leafs blow it. Ryan Reeves has the Leaf fans on their feet. It's game over. We've got it in our we've got it in our grasp. And then two goals by Jason Dickinson. He completes the hat trick and he literally obliterates the Toronto Maple Leafs. Before we take a quick break to come back and wrap it up, here are, at the sound of an introduction of the three stars, here are your stars of the game. And I will get to it with the introduction that we'll be bringing out to you. But yeah, that was that was just completely that was it it was uh, it 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 it's it, 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 it's it's hard to even fathom what we all just witnessed as leap fans. It, it it really is hard. It's it's hard to it was over done finished it was over the leaves win but 
unfortunately, they were not even close to winning this game. They, they didn't even have a chance, per se, at winning this game. They, 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 they completely blew it. And they had nothing else to show for it. Here we go. Here are your three stars that will send us in to our first and only break of this reaction pod. As we will wrap it up on the other side of this podcast. I mean, oh my god. That was just terrible. That was just terrible, guys. That was terrible. But here we go. Here are your stars. It's time for the three stars of tonight's game. And here we go. Back to the On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast studio. With your host, Thomas McGregor. It is un freaking believable that we even have to go through these three stars on a reaction pod but we're gonna do it anyways and i i mean i i, I mean i don't know what to say i i i the the goal the goal the the three stars speak for himself jason dickinson of course he's number one 16 You got three goals, three points. And then you've got the hero of the show, Kevin Korzynski. One goal, one point. And then you've got the best star there is. Only gave up three goals against average. Two point. 79 for a save percentage of 919. I mean, wow. You give those guys the three stars of the game. You want to know who I would think of a three stars for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I wish I could tell you. But I'm just so mad from watching the Toronto Maple Leafs lose and get swept by the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks sweep the Toronto Maple Leafs in two meetings that they've had. As a matter of fact, let's look back at the frigid Toronto Maple Leafs first meeting between the Chicago Blackhawks. And we all know what that score was. But that game, the Blackhawks didn't even need to worry about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You could pretty much say they gifted. The Blackhawks that win. 
you could say that going to Sweden after winning in at home against Calgary and the Vancouver Canucks, you could pretty much say that being undefeated, taking care of the Red Wings and the Wild, you could say, well, that was a great streak and we lost it. As of yesterday, on Black Friday of all things, My, my goodness. And now we got to go against the Penguins in another back-to-back. Oh, my goodness gracious. Anyways, that was your three stars of the game. Let's let's go back into our first-ever matchup between the Blackhawks. Oh, and yeah, that was 4-1. to And who was the winner of that game? Well. I already told you. The Blackhawks. But this one. Was even worse than the other one. And it's actually kind of interesting. That you would bring up. John Tavares. With the only goal. For the Toronto Maple Leafs. Then you've got. The look of. Interwhistle, Corey Perry, Johnston, and Radish. All getting goals for the Blackhawks. And yet still, despite getting shut down in the shot court category by the Chicago Blackhawks, In this case, the Toronto Maple Leafs shut both teams out. Shut both Blackhawks out of the of both games, thirty six to thirty one. The Chicago Blackhawks game that we just looked at, thirty seven to thirty four. Oh yeah, sure. The Leafs win thirty seven. The 34, great. The Leafs win. Everybody should be happy. But it's all about scoring goals, not how many shots you get on net. What do I mean by that? Well, look at the score. 4-1, to one, and then 4-3. Now, give the Leafs credit. They had a better game than they had back in October. Of the 16th in 2023. On home ice. They had a much better game. When Joseph Wall was in. He was on the PP. And he had. Just 24 of 26. Of the EV, whatever that means. He made 27 out of 30 shots he saw for a save percentage of 900. He was on the ice for 56 minutes and 13 seconds. You cut to the 
game of which Sam Sonoff was in. Now, Sam Sonoff has had his way in this one with his chances to be on the power play and, of course, the EV, whatever that means. I don't know what that means in hockey, but I will probably check it out. And out of 34 shots, he saved just 30 of those shots, giving him up a percentage of 882. Now, I'm not surprised with the difference maker of the time both goaltenders for the least spent on the ice because give Ilya Samsonov a little more credit. He was on the ice for way longer than Joseph Wall, 64 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time. But Joseph Wall had also a bad game. Against the Blackhawks, having only allowed four goals. And the goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks in that game being the winner only allowed one goal for a save percentage of 972. He made 35 out of 36 shots, 35 saves, was the perfect 3 for 3 when they were shorthanded, 32 of 33 in the EV, and you look at their goaltender from yesterday's contest. It was an afternoon game, just like the other one back in October. And we send it to the same guy. Four for four, perfect of the PP. Shorthanded, perfect. One for one. He made 34 out of 37 shots. 34 saves. Had a save percentage of 919. Was on the ice for 64 minutes. And 30 seconds. And his EV 29 of 32. All right. Well, that does it for our first half of this reaction pod. When we return, we'll wrap it all up with our player of the game, a bridged version of the shake of the game. And I want to hear from the head coaches of both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to hear from those two in just a few minutes. And if you want to hear more of my other points of the game perspective, I'll probably jump on some of them in our next Leaf reaction pod right here on On the Ice and Behind the Benches podcast. 
we are currently working on our 16th and 17th episode of our first season. And we welcome everyone into our program as we're so glad of you to join us. And we love that you come in to join us every week or whenever you can. We're so glad that you come to join us. And what do I mean by that? Well, this will be the last thing I put out before we put out our break. I'm so glad that we are in Quebec. And we're here in Ontario. Thank you very much, Ontario listeners, for listening in Canada. I love that we're in Virginia. Welcome, Ashburn of Virginia. Thank you very much for continuing to listen. Welcome, the nation's capital of the United States, Washington in Kirkland and Tacoma. Thank you very much. Everyone for listening in Washington, really appreciate it. Sonoma, welcome as well from California. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania fans. We'll be talking about your team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Toronto Maple Leafs in due time, but thanks as always for tuning in. And Miami, Miami Beach, love that you come and join us in the United States. Happy American Thanksgiving weekend for all of you as we prepare to get ready for the arrival of old St. Nick in the Christmas holidays. Speaking of which, welcome to the United Kingdom as well, London, England. And a big, big welcome to our capital region friends at Denmark. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And with that being said, this will be the point where we get ready to jump in and close out the show. So we'll take a word from our friends over at the Sports for Beginners podcast. The broadcast map and our friends over at Take Another Look. You're listening to Leafs Reaction and we will be right back to wrap it all up. Leafs lose 4-3 to three due to a post-to-post non-existent William Nylander goal. It's Leafs reaction. And we'll be right back. Looking for conversations on the world of broadcasting, sports media, and from time to time, my favorite sports teams? 
listen to Broadcast Map with me, Ali Musa. To learn more about the show and to view the upcoming schedule, like the Broadcast Map Facebook page. Search Broadcast Map. It is Miami Dolphins post game, and it is the Sports for Beginners podcast studio. I am your host, Thomas McGregor. The Miami Dolphins, Fins Nation, we're checking into Club Dub on a Black Friday, no less two. Once again, the final score, as mentioned. 34, Miami, 13, New York Jets. We'll get to our game balls in just a second on this middle segment. But before we get to our around the NFL, let's wrap up the opening segment to transition to the middle segment. With our game that and we'll get to our play of the game to kick start our middle segment no victory speech just yet from the coach of the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel but that is okay we can wait it out all those who love the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets Premiering right now on the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, is Kyle Krabs. And I assume, or think, the Locked On Jets podcast is going to have a podcast reaction as well. Sooner rather than later. But hey, Friday. Be a great day for hot. Be a great day for football. Not so good with the other football games, which we will get to. Here is our scoring summary. So first off, in the, I mean to say game stats, and here are the game stats. And as I mentioned, we will get to our game balls and our look around the NFL. In just a few minutes. The Miami Dolphins. Had the ball for 35 minutes. And 41 seconds. The New York Jets on the other hand. Had. The ball for 24 minutes. And 19 seconds. The Miami Dolphins had 22 first downs. 14 of those first downs 
were passing plays. Six of them were on the ground for rushing. And two of them were given to the Miami Dolphins via two penalty flags. Speaking of penalty flags, as that feels like a great tagline for this game, being as how it was crazy, the Miami Dolphins may have gotten two gifted first downs, but for the Jets, they only got one gifted first down. And they had 12 first downs in total. But how did that all come to fruition? Well, in just 12 of those first downs, the Miami Dolphins saw nine passing plays by the New York Jets, two rushing plays, and the Jets, as I mentioned, were gifted one first down. Both quarterbacks when it came down to third down efficiency, were 11 of 16 and 5 of 14. 5 of 14 for Tim of the New York Jets. And 11 of 16 for Tua. Miami Dolphins did not convert on one fourth down. However, the Jets converted on two of the three fourth down efficiencies they were given. They were two out of three fourth down converted. Altogether, in the total yardage of 69 plays and 55 plays for both the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, each team scored a total yardage of 395 yards and 159 yards. The 159 yards were for the Jets, and the 395 yards were for the Miami Dolphins. Giving us yards per pass, 5.7 for the Miami Dolphins, and 2.9 for the New York Jets.
speaking of the total yards, the Jets passed for a total of 179 yards. 179 yards. Meanwhile, the Dolphins charged the passing yards for a 243 yards of passing. The quarterbacks, first for the Miami Dolphins, Tua was 21 for 30 in pass completion attempts. Tim, on the other hand, for the New York Jets, was 27 of 38. Yards per pass equal 7.1 for the Miami Dolphins and 2.9, as well as yards per pass for the New York Jets. Both quarterbacks got sacked, but Tim got the most sacked, losing 49 yards after getting sacked not once, but seven times in this Black Friday game at MetLife Stadium. The Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua, got sacked two times, but only lost 15 yards. We talked about the rushing, but how many yards did they get per rush? Well, for 37 rushes from the Miami Dolphins, the counterpoint, a rush of 4.5. The Miami Dolphins rush game put up a total of 167 yards rushing. 167 yards rushing. That was pretty good for the Miami Dolphins. Not so good for the New York Jets. As out of 10 rushes, they go 2.9 per rush and only gain 29 rushing yards total. They were 1 for 2 in red zone efficiency. Meanwhile, the Miami Dolphins converted 2 times out of 3 chances in the red zone. When it came to goal-to-goal -goal efficiency, both teams were successful, converting on the fairest chance they got. And we talked about the penalties, talked about the penalties. And there were a ton. The Miami Dolphins getting six for 38 yards. And the New York Jets getting six or 60. 
both teams turned the ball over, but the Dolphins turned it over three times, and the Jets just turned it over for two. Both teams fumbled the ball. The New York Jets recovered it twice, but never lost it. The Miami Dolphins covered it two times as well, but also lost the ball. So, got to work on that, guys. Got to work on that there. Quarterbacks both threw two interceptions. But one threw four touchdown passes. Excuse me. Got four touchdowns. Two of them on the ground and one of them in the air. And then, of course, we played it in the opening segment, beginner, as we wrap up the opening segment here. On the defense. Meanwhile, two touchdowns for the New York Jets. And none of which came from Tim. Until very late. A defensive touchdown for the Jets starts things off. And a Tim Boyle passing touchdown would be the only other touchdown the New York Jets would get. When it came to getting touchdowns. The last thing we'll look at our game stats for is how many return yards both teams got. Now, for the New York Jets, let's just get that out of the way. They got 58 yards. The Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, they got 168 yards. 168 yards to be exact in return yards. All right, so we got through one of our plays of the game. And we'll get to our other plays of the game in just a few minutes before we get to our game balls. But me thinks we need to look at how this week went down so far. So let's take us down to Green Bay Thanksgiving weekend. With the Detroit Lions being the home team, having only lost in a very exciting game for the Green Bay Packers and a very less exciting game for the Detroit Lions. They lose by 7 points, 22 to 29, in favor of the Green Bay Packers. To Dallas we go. And the number one team of the Dallas Thanksgiving game was none other than the Dallas Cowboys. Beating 
the Washington Commanders with a 30 burger of 35 points, having a final score of 45 to 10 in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. Thursday Night Football featured the Thanksgiving presence of the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. And make no mistake about it, Seattle plugged this one, losing 31-13 to over the San Francisco 49ers. But it wasn't all that damaging for the Seattle Seahawks as they only lost by 18. So it looks like it was a manhandle with 30 with 45 over the Washington Commanders for the Dallas Cowboys. Looks like that was the only bad the good game. And we've got a ton of good games coming your way on Sunday. We'll get to them in just a few minutes. But first, has a victory speech come out? A victory speech has come out. And let's get to it before revealing our game balls of the game. It is the middle segment of our program as we've just wrapped up our opening segment. And it comes courtesy of the victory message from Mr. Mike Daniel on the head coach side. Let's take a listen in to hear what Mike da- Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, had to say when his team scored big and took another W on a Black Friday. Mike McDaniel, ladies and gentlemen, with the victory speech. That was a different win than any that I've since I've been here. Okay, and here's the reason. Okay, in the division um, and down the stretch in football, they talk about two things that win down the stretch. They talk about defense and they talk about running the ball. Okay. Um, well, I think we got seven sacks defense. Understand that this is a very important game. I was very proud of how it was obvious from the jump that you got this is your game to have, um, and you guys earned that. You earned that. I don't think I disagree. I think he earned. I think they earned it. I think they won. I think they did it. I think they. Um, I think they. Uh, they they earned it. I think they earned that game. Um, We're going to get to our game balls in just a minute. But I do kind of want to see if we have any other thoughts from 
the New York Jets side of things. Let's see if we have any thoughts from the New York Jets side of the game. Obviously, this could have been different if everything went their way and it didn't go the Dolphins' way. So they'd be really happy about it. We'd be all like, well, that was not supposed to happen. And it looks like we have a press conference from the Jets. So, you know, what? Why don't we listen in to the Jets? Actually, first we have the press conference between the head coach of the Jets. Let's hear from him first, and then we will get to our game balls. We'll also probably hear from the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, just like we heard a victory speech from him. So let us hear what our head coach of the New York Jets in Robert Sala had to say. After the game, Robert, you have the floor. How much did that 99 yard return for a touchdown change the complexity of the whole game? Obviously, it uh, going into the locker room felt good about the momentum we had gathered. Uh, took our shot uh, um, off the interception to try to get one more. Um, uh, just a very unfortunate play uh, at the end of the half, and when we had when we felt like we had captured momentum, uh, cut it to a four point game, uh, and gave it right back to them. And uh, uh, yeah, obviously, it, it, it took away the momentum that we had built. Boyle today, and I go first. Parks. Um, you know, I thought he kept he stayed in there, kept battling. Um, you know, but. Uh, uh, I'll get to the tape and just take a look at all of it to to make sure I'm making a smart answer. I'll make sure I have an answer, a better answer for you guys tomorrow. But um, thought he battled. I thought he did some good things. Some things that he needs to be better at, obviously. Um, Allen was down. Obviously, my, uh, my decision. Um, um, you know, there's things that we all need to get better at, including him. Um, he's going to be here for a long time for the. For the for the next year and a half, you know, he's uh, he's going to be a part of this and just wanted to make sure, one, we I wanted to give some of the younger guys an opportunity to play, and two, he's, um, you know, it's kind of a challenge to see if he can recapture the edge and uh, and who he is and the, the person that uh, we have a lot of faith in. He's, he's, gonna, he's a good football player. I, I do believe that, but, I, you know, for Allen, 
Um, you know, he'll he'll be back sooner rather than later. No, no, it's just a uh, edge is probably the wrong word. I'm sorry. Um, he hasn't been playing up to. Uh, I, I'll speak for him. I don't think he's played up to his standard, and um, and I think he's just. Uh, um, everyone's kind of pressing on that side of the ball to try to make something happen, and uh, you know, there's just obviously parts of his game that need to get better. What's say about the change quarterback, put the young guys in, that's out. Offense still really working. I mean, you almost had a loss for how to turn this around. Uh, we'll keep digging. We got to keep digging. We got to keep preparing. We got to keep coaching. Got to keep playing. Um, uh, we just got to keep trying to find ways to to move the ball and score. Play callers at all again after a game like this. Kind of got it. No, um, no. Uh, there's a uh, there's no consideration there. You two talked about the self inflicted wounds like throughout the season. Just how much does it hurt that it continue these continue to come up throughout games? Um, you know. Can you can you give me one of them? Oh, penalties. Like, um, obviously, Michael Clemens play and um, the Mike. You know what the uh, I'd say the most disappointing one was probably the one in the beginning of the game. Uh, didn't need to happen. Um, but you know the it, it's you know the one that with CJ. You know his hand is glancing. It's a glancing blow on the helmet. Shouldn't have been called. The scrum on the field goal uh, with Michael. I I think he's it was an inadvertent. He's pointing and accidentally hit the referee, but it's still a foul. Um, you know, and then obviously there's going to be mistakes in the game, but, you know, we'll continue to try to find ways to work, uh, to clean those up. Robert, obviously with Boyle, you know, starting and not having a lot of experience, you, as you have to rely on your defense, they could not get on the field on third downs. What was going on there? What did you see? Uh, they did a really nice job creating third and five or less, um, putting themselves in manageable situations and, uh, um, whether it was man winning, winning those one-on-one -on -one battles or zone. Um, finding the soft spots and, and getting rid of the ball. I uh, thought they had a good plan, and they executed really well. Robert, are you simply outmanned right now on the offensive side of the ball? Um, we're young on that side, uh, and I know they're fighting. They're, they're working their tails off. Coaches are trying to figure out to figure out how to put them in the best position possible. They're practicing. They're working. They're uh, deliberate, and, um, you know, so they're um, – everyone's doing their best. Uh, I'm not there yet. I know uh, the season hasn't gone the way that you wanted to in four and seven. Are you worried about your job security? And if not, uh, why is that the case? No, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Robert, just um, was Makai ever close? And can you just tell us uh, Dwayne's situation? Obviously, he's activated but didn't play. Uh, hopefully, we get Makai back next week. And then as for Dwayne, um, activated him. Uh, try to give him one more week to, to get his mind right. And, uh, um, Probably could have played today, but uh, it was a little bit late in the week when we all felt comfortable where we were with him and uh, had him dressed, obviously, for an emergency only. And uh, we'll, t we'll see if we can get him back into the fold next week. On the Hail Mary, such a crazy play, bizarre play. Would you even mention it to the team at halftime because it was such a momentous thing? Or how do you address that? Or like, how do you process Uh Always put it on me because I've made the decision to go ahead and take a shot at the end zone. And... Um, uh, just let the team know, just put it to bed, put that on me. Let's go try to, one play at a time, try to uh, work our way back in. And uh, that was pretty much the uh, message. Yeah, coach is suggesting just taking the knee there. No. no. Black discussion on why are you not considered? Um, that'd be a really long answer, an answer for another day, I guess. But, 
you know, when you look at it all, and again, it's it's a little bit of everything, uh, whether the calls could be better, whether the execution can be better, whether um, our one-on-one -on -one battles can be better. Uh, you know, it's, it's taking advantage of the situations we have. Um, uh, when we get them, uh, do I think play caller will, will fix that? Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that. Robert, defense, defense has played at such a high level this year, but the last two weeks, they're wearing down. Do you see that at all? 75 snaps last week today, the time of possession was really out of whack until the fourth. Yeah, the, um, you know, disappointed the way we finished in the fourth right there. And, uh, and I know guys are selling out, trying to get the ball and all that stuff. And, um, especially on that last touchdown run, but uh, they're battling. Took the ball away three times today. Scored on defense. Um, you know, gave us a chance there at halftime to, to to cut it to one score, and obviously we kept we were, we were able to hold them to a couple of field goals. Uh, it's a high octane offense, and uh, you know, so it felt felt good about the way the defense played. Obviously, I just did not like the way the the way we finished. All right, thanks, guys. Head coach Robert of the New York Jets. That's him. And we're going to get to uh, hearing from Mike McDaniel, I'm sure, in uh, just a matter of moments. But as we proceed to get close to wrapping up this middle segment of our program, now that we've gotten rid of the opening segment. It is time now for our game balls of the game. Which are always on the way. And then after we do our game balls of the game, we're going to do the player of the game as well, our Sports for Beginners player of the game, but we're going to take a little bit of a 30-second timeout and hear from our friends at Taking Their Look, available every Wednesday, except on holidays, on Voices for Ability Radio. At 9 p.m. So we'll hear from our friends at Take Another Look. Which is 9 o'clock p.m. Start time on Voices for Ability Radio. And available wherever you get your favorite podcast. After we do our game balls of the game. And with that being said, let's get back into our game balls of the game. With our look around the NFL already complete. So I'm going to give, because it's Black Friday, I'm going to give both teams. Three game balls to three players. And we're going to start with 
Mr. 94 yards in Raheem Mozart. Mozart. 20 attempts for the ground, 94 yards, as I mentioned, 4.7 average, a carry, two touchdowns, his longest was 34 yards, he gets your first Miami Dolphins game, ball of the game, I'm going to follow that up with Tyreek Hill. Mainly on the passing side for him. As he gets 12 targets, 9 receiving, 9 receptions for 102 yards, 102 yards. 11.3 average. One touchdown, 35 longest yards. Was the longest yard he got there. Our second I should say our third game ball of the game. Goes to the quarterback. But I actually feel like we should give it to the man behind the play we just listened to a few a few hours ago, back in the opening segment. With Javon Holland. One interception, 99 yards, one touchdown. And that was all he wrote. So your Miami Dolphins three players are Tyreek Hill, Javon Holland, Tua is a part of the Tyreek Hill game ball. He's a runner-up. And Raheem Mozart holds the stars as the number one with 94 yards to carry. On to the New York Jets. Game balls of the game. And I'd be... Wrong if I didn't tell you that I was actually pretty impressed with Tim Boyle. Of the New York Jets. 27 for 38 catching attempts. 
179 yards, 4.7 average yards to carry, a touchdown, and two interceptions. And then, of course, he gets sacked seven and loses like 49 times a yard. Let's lighten the mood a little bit and get into our second game ball of the game, and that goes to Maurice Hall. He was also on the ground, and he got 25 yards, 3.6 a carry, 11 was his longest yards, 7 attempts. And I gotta give it to the kicker. That's the third game ball of the game. I gotta give it to the kicker. In Greg Durlion. Or I'm just gonna call him Greg. One for two in extra points. No field goals. No nothing in the longest yard. So I gotta work on that. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say the real game ball the game should go to. Reading Ikuls, wearing number twenty-six, the cornerback of the New York Giant of the New York Jets. One interception, one touchdown, and of course, one for one on the time of attack. No need to look at what he's got on a fantasy piece. It's just interception and a touchdown. So your game balls for the New York Jets include Tim Boyle, Number 26 of the quarterbacks for the New York Jets. And Reese Hall. Speaking of the players, early on, before we looked at the 
coach's plays of the game or thoughts on the game. We managed to find out that there were players being asked about the failed Paul Mary. So let's watch and listen for a few of the players' reactions. Just a few of the player reactions. In a 34-13, Jets lose to the Dolphins. Let's just look at it and hear from some of them. First up, Saucer Gartner. How deflating was it to see that you right? Eccles gets the touchdown, 10-6. kind of feels like there's life back in the team, and then they, they have that wacky Hail Mary return. Uh, I mean, of course, that's not how you want things to go. Uh, like you said, Eccles got that pick six, and uh, DJ. DJ caught a pick as well right after, so you know that was a uh, definitely good when it came down to like momentum and everything. But like it's football, it's always a change of events, and you just never know like when it's gonna happen. Well, how would you assess how your defense <clears throat> played the last couple of weeks? Uh, we could be better. You know, uh, we started off fast today. Uh, we just got to finish finish faster. How much do you think it's contributed to just staying on the field as long as you have? I don't know. Um, you can't make no excuses like that. Like, the kind of defense, you, sh you, you know what I'm saying? You want to be on the field. Like, you want to be able to have more opportunities, you know what I'm saying, to, to make plays, get the ball back, get make plays like the one that B made, pick sixes, all that stuff. You want to, like, score on defense as well, so. <clears throat> Sorry, you were asked this already, but can you speak to it how hard it is these last couple of weeks where you guys were playing lights out to begin the season, but it seems like the amount you've been on the field is starting to increase. Is that does that take its toll on a defender? I know you want to be on the field, but does that take its toll? I don't know, man. We just out here playing football. It's a blessing to just it's a blessing to be able to play this game. You know, it's a blessing to be able to play on Sundays. It's a blessing to be able to be part of history and play the first Black Friday game. Unfortunately, you know, we lost it, but it's a blessing to just be able to play. So, you know, anytime we're on the field, it's a blessing. So you say you gave a lot of success on third down today. Was that more a function of them being a third and three, third and four? Uh, you know, what, what do you think led to that? And they just was executing on third now. We got to be better on third now. The weapons that they have. They have to stay focused. They can score from anywhere. Yeah, they definitely got uh, some weapons. You know, when it comes to receiver, uh, running back, quarterback, even their tight end is pretty good. So, you know, they, they definitely got weapons all around. So. That's just a team you want to make sure you locked in, you know, especially going up against guys like Tyreek Waddle. You want to make sure you just locked in, you know what I mean? So, so you're <clears> now 4-7. <throat> you know, does it feel like you guys are running out of time here if you're going to make a run at the playoffs? I don't know, man. I just, I just take it one week at a time. I mean, I don't look too far ahead because, you know, uh, we got we got more urgent things we got to stay focused on, stay focused on, you know what I mean? So, what do you feel like you guys did against those two receivers? The numbers are pretty. Yeah, I think you both over had over 100, which is not indicative of you guys generally. Uh, you gotta be better. You know, we don't want receivers having over 100 yards in general. You know, uh, 
Yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. It could be, we could be better for sure. So, so I know you said you guys always deal with changes of momentum, but that two seconds between the DJ pick and the, and the helmet, like how did you how did you even process that when it was happening, and then coming in, right to lock it into it? I don't get surprised no more in terms of like things that can happen in football, like. Just like last year, that what game was it? The Browns game. Yeah. Everybody just thought it was like I, I don't get surprised. There's just so much, so many things that can just happen in this game. So, you know what I mean? You just gotta flush it out. Is there frustration on the defense that keeps coming back and you're doing a good job, but the offense aren't pulling their way? Is it kind of deterring the defense at all? I wouldn't say that, man. We love what we do. I mean, we love it. To be able to come out here every week, be able to do it, play football, just play the game we love, to be able to just take care of our families, our loved ones. You know what I mean? So it's a blessing. Can you uh, take us through your Our next Jets player to hear from of this failed Hail Mary is Garrett Wilson. But to what Garrett Wilson had to say, Garrett. What happened on that Hail Mary? I know we saw you trying to chase down the player at the end, but for that, for that to happen and then kind of the emotions not going in the locker room. Oh, uh, yeah, that can suck the wind out of you a little bit. You know? I don't even know if that's okay to say. Suck the wind out. Yeah. Um, take the wind out of your sails. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just we're, we're trying to score. You know, we get out of the 50, we have an op defense, makes a great play, gives us a chance. And, and um, you know, obviously we've been in, in a tough spot. So, you know, let's go let's go get a shot at it, throw it at the end zone, see what happens, and it goes so wrong, man, it goes so wrong. And, and um, you know, that that's one of them things where I feel like that could describe a lot of things so far. Yeah, we've talked a lot about how you guys have kept this offense going. Young guys have gotten in, you guys make the quarterback change, and it still seems like there's, there's struggles out there. Is it almost like a little loss? words on how to, on how to fix this. Yeah, I was actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't know what I, know what I could tell y'all. I don't know what to tell the fans. I don't know what to, what they would want to hear. Um, you know, uh, I'm out of, I'm out. So, you know, I'm out. I can't, I can't think of anything. And I wish I could, man. We, we want to get this thing rolling. We're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep doing it. But as far as um, giving y'all a soundbite or, or something to keep the faith, man, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to try this week. Did you, so, have, did you have a shot at getting Holland before he scored? Did I have a shot? Um, I mean, brother, you watched you watch it, my dog. So, you know. What's that? I said, yeah, I watched it. You know, you good. Um, I tried to go get him. You know, you I gave all my effort. So, you know. He is, yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. You were just talking to Breeze a few minutes ago. He said he was surprised that they tried to help him. You guys tried to help Barry. Did you think maybe he down there? Or what was your reaction? I mean, I just, I just play the game, brother. What do they call? I'm a running. Um, I ain't put much thought into it. It makes perfect sense to me. You get the ball at the 50, you throw the ball at the end zone. You know, when you stop thinking like that, that's when you you passive. And uh, I don't want to be a part of a, a passive offense. I'm happy we went for it. You know, when things go like that, it makes people question things. In hindsight's 2020. You know, so that's that's what it is. We go and make a play right there. You know, who knows? Um, you know, that's how I see things. I don't want to. I don't want to look at it like that. You know, yeah. How trying has this whole stretch been these last three, four games? How trying? Um, you know, just it's part of life, man. Ups and downs. Uh, you play well, you don't. Uh, I've, I, you know, I've had a rough stretch, and um, um, you know, it weighs on you. It sucks because you you put a lot on yourself. Um, as hard as it gets on myself, 
So, um, yeah, you know, I got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how this, you know, it never looks like that again, you know, somehow. How would you uh, assess Tim's play? I, I think Tim, you know, balled, you know, given what we're, the product we're putting on the field uh, offensively, you know, and him <laughs> working, you know, through it, man. It's, it's tough. Um, you know, I, I feel like sometimes you can, you can lose, you know, um, maybe a little confidence in yourself when you're part of an offense that's slumping like this. And, and, you know, as far as the guys go, I always make sure that I'm going to be the guy to tell them that you're a baller, you know, and Tim is. Tim is every bit of that, and, that, and that's how I feel he went out there and did it today. Have you ever been through anything like this, Garrett, before, and how do you remain positive when even, like you said, you guys like made the right of a progressive play there and yeah. things up like that? Uh, yeah, last season. Uh, it's part of the same thing. And um, you said, how do I what? Like, remain positive when even when you guys make the aggressive play there, it, it kind of turns out so wrong, like you said. I'm Hail Mary. I ain't going to figure it. I'm not like a hopeless, positive person. Like, you know, this, this sucks. Everything about this season has gone tough. You know, it's been tough. Um, nothing, you know, seems like, you know, and no one said it was going to be easy, but nothing's been easy. Um, you know, just gotta keep the faith. That's all. Will you go to Daniel at all with, with? I know he's the coach of the player, but I mean, you're out there on the field. Will you go to him with ideas of faith? Maybe this can jumpstart. Maybe we can try this. Maybe we can go this direction. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I've always been that type of person. You know, sometimes I feel like I, I know I know ball a little too much, so you know things can be frustrating um, more than they would be if I was just maybe oblivious. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like Coach Hack is, is doing a good job based on what we what we have, man. And uh, um, yeah, you know, I just like I said, I play my role. You know, when I feel like I have something to offer, I want to make sure I voice that. But but other than that, you know, I trust our coaches. I, I trust our you know our staff. Take a couple more. Um, I think I would have to look at the analytics on. I feel like last year we was one of the highest motioning teams in the league, and I think this year we're probably in there too, but maybe not. Uh, I know that Miami's number one. Um, and yeah, man, they've they've built a great system for their guys over there. They got some great players, first of all. Um, so no, you know, it allows you to be able to 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 unlock certain things, and they've done a great job of that. To get it out on time. Um, you know, they have a good run game, very good outside zone scheme, and, and all of it, you know, came together. Um, they, they bought in, and they, they, they run it really well. Um, you know, as far as us, we're, we're searching, man, and, and um, yeah, you know, we're searching. It's, it's, it's going to look different than, than the Dolphins because we're not the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, whatever we, we do figure out to get it rolling, you know, it, it, hopefully it's just as, just as effective. But, um, yeah, it'll look different. What made it? And now it's time for one of our game ball players of the game to be heard from. It's Breeze Hall. And then just as we wrap up this half of the middle segment, we'll hear from Tyler Konkinen as we return to wrap up our middle segment and begin our final segment of the program with our Sports for Beginners Player of the Game. 
Plus, I've got some news for all of you sports fans detailing our next Dolphins post game. So stick around with us. And taking us into our 30 second timeout, here's Breeze Hall on the failed Hill Mary Pass. Six six versus Dolphins. So hard for the offense up there tonight. Um I couldn't tell you. I feel like, you know, right now, you know, I'm just trying to just trying to make a play. It's been hard for me to to um, you know, to get an open space and get some good looks and stuff. So I'm gonna just assist a lot of guys pressing and stuff right now. Um, just just trying to get it, just trying to press and make a play every time you get a ball, and that's not good because then that causes little mistakes. Like I've been making mistakes that I've never made in my career, so it's it's frustrating, bro. Just um, just trying to find a way to get better every week, and um, you know, just trying to stay positive. You know, just being one of the best players on offense, I'm trying to, you know, step into that leadership role, which is hard for me because I've always been a guy that just did, did my 111, did my job. So, um, you know, it's been difficult, but, you know, I, I love our guys. Our guys come to work every day. Um, you know, just uh, we're just not getting the result we want. How do you keep from fracturing, Reese? Because when things like this happen, a team does oftentimes one goes left, one goes right. I mean, how do you keep yeah. this group together? Um, just, you know, we got great leaders on our team. Um, and we're still trying to grow on offense, but uh, you know we we just gotta take pride in it. Um, you know I come out there every week, and I know I'm the focal point of the, every defense. And um, you know it's just been hard, man. I'm uh, trying to be the spark. You know, trying to give Garrett some help, help Garrett get open. Um, trying to help Conk get Conk some help, but you know we just gotta come together and you know be an offense as one, and everybody has to take pride in doing their job. Talk about the emotional roller coaster of when you guys got that pick six, the crowd is back into it, the stadium is alive, and then a couple series later you give up a pick six on the night and you are returned on the Cal Miller. Yeah, um, you know, we were kind of surprised. We were going in for the Hail Mary, um, but, you know, you got to go in and, you know, whatever play your coaches call, it might not be the best play at the time, but, you know, if you can execute it, you can execute it. Um, no, we didn't execute. I wish you know, I was kind of the last line of defense and got blocked. I wish I could have made a move and, you know, made the tackle, but that didn't happen. So, you know, I don't really blame the coaches. They trusted us enough to, you know, run the Hail Mary and make a play on it, and we didn't. So you can't can't blame anybody but ourselves. We gotta, and if we're not making the play, we gotta we gotta rally and make the tackle. Do you feel you guys are being surprised that they called the Hail Mary? Uh, just because it was the end of the half, I thought you know we just scored. I thought we were gonna. Uh, just you know, need the ball go to the, go to the half. But I like that our coaches trusted us enough to, you know, go call the hail mary. We just got to execute it, and we're not executing it. We got to make the tackle. Reese, do you feel you guys are being put in the best position to succeed offensively? Uh, me personally, I love our coaches, and I love the stuff they're calling. You know, um, you know, it's kind of just a tale of us taking a turn and somebody not doing their job or somebody making a mistake, and um, you know, it starts to rub off. Uh, you know, I. I, I take pride in being one of our A players. You know, I expect to almost be perfect every week, and, I, and I'm and i trying, but, you know, it's it's been hard because um, I've been pressing so much, and um, I feel like some part of me feels like, you know, I'm in the box a little bit, but, you know, I'm, I'm still coming to work every day, and, you know, I love our guys. Our guys are putting their best foot forward, and, you know, we just got to we just got to continue to you know work, execute. You know, we got to figure this thing out. You know. What do you what do you what do you mean when you say you feel like you're a boxer? 
just you know when you're the focal point of a defense, you know everybody everybody knows where you're everybody knows you know where you're essentially what you're gonna do each play, you know everybody's trying to stop you, so it's it's been hard, you know, but it's gonna kinda come in and find a way and keep getting better and keep finding ways to make plays because they're not coming as often as they like, so I'm trying to you know with my with my touches, I'm trying to make a play, which is it's been difficult, but you know we're just trying to get better every week. Knowing that Miami, no, knowing that Miami comes in with a highly explosive offense, they can strike them anywhere on the field. Did you guys feel like even more pressure as an offense to maybe have to go toe to toe? No, because we know how good our defense is, and if we're not killing our defense and having them out there for 17 play drives, then we know that they're going to be three and out, three and out, three and out. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, we got to play complementary football, and I feel like they're doing their part. But you know, as a defense, uh, naturally, you know, great offenses. Usually beats great defense. Um, it's the tail of every sport. So, you know, once once you uh, can't get anything going, the offensive defense is eventually going to start to break down. Guys are going to get out of their gaps and you know, little stuff like that. So we just got to continue to try to get better and help out our defense and put some points on the board and move the ball and sustain drives. You guys have so many Does it feel at all like um, I mean, I'm I'm confident with everybody we have out on the field. You know, um, like I said, everybody just has to do their job, and uh, you know it does get hard. Um, just you know, when, when we're not moving the ball, and I'm trying to, you know, trying to be the spark, and I know that you know everybody's looking at me to make the play. Um, and, you know, that's that's the worst thing when you're trying to make the play, but you can't or when you're pressing so much that you make a little mistake. Just like today, I'm pressing so much trying to see what the defense is doing on the toss and take my eye off of it and then come back and catch two, three passes like it's nothing. So it, it's, it's difficult. Um, but, you know, I, I believe in myself. I believe in the ability I have, and I, I try to show it week in and week out. Um, but, you know, we just got to gotta take pride in it and everybody has to get better and do their job. You guys have had to deal with so much this year. Aaron's injury, quarterback change, injuries all over the place. Uh, you had a short work week this week, but now you have a little bit more time. What are you expecting out of your teammates as you guys try to get this ship right? Um, you know, I just think everybody needs to, you know, uh, have a little time off and take a deep breath, and we got to come back and uh, put our best foot forward. Um, like I said, I love our guys, um, and everybody's everybody's trying. You know, you can appreciate everybody's trying. It sucks that we're not getting the result we want, but um, you know, we can't just we can't just put a new team together overnight. All right, we'll be back in thirty seconds with Tyler with Tyler finishing us off on the players' thoughts process of a uh, impact of a failed Hail Mary pass ending in a pick Tyler Conklin is next to hear from and he's our last person to hear from in this portion of the middle segment also to come on the middle segment we've got to prepare you for Penguins post game coming up around the next hour of the Sports Regeners programmings with our host, Scott McGregor. And of course, you can hear his voice on Bill's postgame as well. 
that will happen when the Bills game gets finaled or whenever we can get that RTU. I, of course, will be with you for Dolphins postgame yet again. And I'll touch on when that will be when we continue after our 30-second word from Take Another Look, the podcast. Dolphins postgame resumes into a victory Saturday. W. And just an ordinary Saturday weekend for the New York Jets. Right after this. Back at 30 seconds. Take another look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo, two powerful women of diverse backgrounds having genuine, unique, and uncomfortable conversations that everyone needs to have. Join Melanie and Gerda for conversations about what is missing from human connections. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're kind of hoping that you can make a miraculous play and create a spark, and obviously that went the exact opposite way of that. And uh, that's something you, you kind of live and learn with. Uh, can't go back and change it, but I think, you know, the thought is, hey, you know, we get a pick, let's try to, you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe steal a touchdown at the end of the half and just didn't go as planned. No, I mean, I'm not, I never question uh, – know what's called right i'm call I'm hell mary i'm thinking hey let me get, try to go catch a hell mary i'm not thinking uh you know the call is a good call or bad call it's not it's not my job to do that that trick question <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh obviously you know i i do think tim did a good job commanding things out there uh so i'm, I'm proud of him for that i think like you know he was back there you know he did a good job with the line of scrimmage He's, Good job playing with the cadence and uh, trying to help us in that aspect. So I really, uh, you know, I give him his his kudos for for doing that. I think he did a good job today. But as an offense, you know, obviously I don't think we were much closer. Did you? Oh. I felt pretty helpless right there. Huh? I was trying. I thought I was trying to take a decent angle, but no, I didn't really have a chance to, to tackle him. Oh. At what point? What point did that play? Was yeah, you know, I probably got like the 40-yard line, 30-yard line, gosh. You know, I was trying to take a good angle. I'm not the fastest guy in the world, you know, tight end, come on. But uh, I was trying to take a good angle, hoping maybe he cut back far enough where I could get it, get him, but, uh, you know, that obviously didn't happen. So. I don't know. I, I already erased the play from my mind, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I never want to say that, right? We're all grown men. We all made it to this level for a reason. Uh, you know, like I've talked about in the past, like it's a good opportunity for a lot of young guys, you know, if they can take advantage of it. Uh, it, it ends up being on all of us, right? Like we all got to help each other. That's the beauty of football. Um, we all got to be better as individuals, as a group. Uh, yeah, but I never want to say, you know, anybody's ever outmanned, right? We're all, we all made it here for a reason. We're all grown men. 
you know. A little bit extended for you guys since you just played on What do you want to see out of the team? Yeah, obviously we got to try to erase this one, erase the, erase this one, and you know, figure out how the hell we're going to make sure this doesn't, you know, spiral downwards any more than it already is. We got six games left, and uh, it's a good opportunity to go try to win six, right? But we got to we got to figure some things out. So uh, I also get a little break with the Friday game. You know, hope everybody can take a break. You know, see their family, and we can recoup. What now, though? I mean, you tried players only beating you, talked to other play like coaches. How, how, what else can you do to try to get the Dolphins jump started? You know, I'm, I'm someone I control what I can control, right? Control the controllables. Uh, you know, that's, you know, we'll, we'll get coached and figure out what we what we can do there. But, um, you know, I don't got an answer for how, how to do that, you know, correct everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think, what, to get in the playoffs, you got to win 9 or 10, huh? So you got to turn around. You don't got much time to waste. Um, I know nobody wants to sit here and really hear that, especially fans right now after, you know, what we've been doing right now. But uh, like I said, one-game mentality. We got a little long week to, to try to figure it out and put together a good game plan and uh, go out there and try to get on the right track. It's now time for the Sports for Beginners Player of the Game. Brought to you by our Sports for Beginners podcast studio friend on Dolphin Post Game. So, who is this week's Dolphin Post Game Player of the Game? Let's find out by sending it back over to our studio audience in the... Miami Dolphin Studio for Dolphin Post Game. It is a new Dolphin Post Game, and it is. The holiday season that we are preparing for both in America and all across the world. Welcome, welcome into Dolphins Postgame. And those of you Pittsburgh Penguin fans coming in and getting ready for Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. We will get you to Penguins post game in just a little bit. And you can always catch that Wednesday on Penguins Hockey Content Week. Every Wednesday, where I will bring up the reactions of Penguins post game on on the ice and behind the benches. To our game of action, and we will get to our player of the game in just a little bit. 
But first, I just want to let everyone know, in case they didn't know, that we had just heard from the last Jets player of the failed attempt of a Hail Mary in Tyler Tonkin. And now we're preparing to hear from head coach of the Miami Dolphins in Mike McDaniel. We'll hear from him in just a few minutes from now. But first, let's uh, take a look around the NFL instead of Sunday, just some of the Sunday games, before setting up the entire Sunday schedule of football games in America for week number 12. And we will proceed to get to our final segment with this player of the game being talked about, which will then get us ready to send us over to Penguins post game, where our host of the program, Scott McGregor, will have you covered talking about a Buffalo Sabres win and a unfortunate Penguins loss. That's all coming your way. So before we get to our player of the game. And Mike McDaniel. Let's get you all set for this week's one o'clock matchups. In Sunday's slate of games for the NFL Week 12. Uh... Right, to make sure we get to those, we're gonna go back to my CBS app, download the app, and of course, follow your favorite team for all the action that has your team's name on it. Couple of one o'clock games for us, but not a lot, beginning with. A visit in the New England Patriots area as they go to play in New York against the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium, where the New York Giants also play. That's a one o'clock start. I mentioned Tyler Rowland 
and the Tennessee Titans already. So now I'm just going to mention that they have a one o'clock matchup against the Carolina Panthers, which kicks off at 1 p.m. Following those games, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Indianapolis for a matchup against the Indianapolis coach. You can catch that game on CBS. You can also catch on CBS the Steel City Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals at 1 p.m. You can also listen to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans taking the field at 1 p.m. as well. Our final 1 o'clock game will feature the New Orleans Saints taking on the Atlanta Falcons at 1 o'clock on Fox. So a few Fox games, a few CBS games for all of us to enjoy on this spectacular Sunday, November 26th, 2023, Week 12 edition. Should be very great games to be recapped at the end of Bill's postgame. But that is something for Scott to talk about with you guys a little later on. We are going to talk about the 4 o'clock games in just a little bit, but we got to get to our wraparound of this middle segment as we begin half of the final segment within the middle segment with the setting up of the Sunday games. And we'll get to the Sunday night and Monday night games Following our conclusion of the Sunday late games in the afternoon, which are 4 o'clock starts. But before we do, let's hear what our guy, our head coach of the, our head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins, in Mike McDaniel had to say when asked about the victory. Of 34 to 13 over the Jets. Um, it uh, it's his Achilles. Um, doesn't look uh great, but we'll find out more tomorrow. Um, uh, so yeah, well, I I don't want to um get ahead of myself, but it, not fired up about it. Kind of, I know you said you're not fired up about it, but I guess what kind of emotions? So we saw the entire team come out onto the, onto the field as he was kind of carted off. What kind of emotions were you feeling for a guy who was very open just a couple weeks ago about you know, overcoming their early season injury and um, how it kind of affected his defense overall? It was emotional. I think that's one of the the special things about this particular team is uh, there's a lot of shared journeys. So, um, you know, I. I Everybody sees what he puts in on a daily basis. Um, everyone knows how bad he wants to take um, steps and 
uh, in his game and and you know um, be absolutely great in this league, which he which he has. I've been very proud of him the whole season. And um, you know, uh, it, it's very very tough um, in the short term. Um, my from my vantage point and just my experience with people, um, you know, we. Uh, if, you know, if it's the worst case scenario, it's also, um, you know, you get a chance to write your own story. So, um, he's, he's the type of person and, um, he has the right mindset where he'll be able to turn, um, anything that's perceived as negative into an eventual positive, but this is going to be tough and trying for him, um, uh, as we, you know, get our information back and, um, you know, uh, prepare ourselves for the uh, worst case scenario. From a momentum standpoint, what did that pick six at the end of the first half do for you guys? <clears throat> yeah, um, it was that. That's I talked to the team a bunch about this, and you know, I I, I think too often, or you know, we're vulnerable in t- in terms of we have a lot of individuals. Uh, putting more in to everything than they ever have before. And they've been playing football their whole lives. And in those, in those situations, you know, one of my biggest concerns is that individuals put too much on themselves and not recognize um, the team of playmakers that we have and how um, we can play off of each other and um, pick each other up. And it was absolutely a, a, a huge uh, momentum swing um, that, you know, I think there's very few players that could have pulled off what, what Javon did. So, um, you know, you're, I, I, uh, I think he's, um, Javon's the type of player that has, uh, very high aspirations for himself and our, and our team knows that he can, um, uh, be the best player on the field at any given moment. Um, he's, he's watched a ton of Ed Reed tape. Um, and that was very reminiscent of Ed, Ed Reed for sure. So it was a, that was a cool moment that I think um, uh, nobody on this team that was on the field um, will forget that particular play. And that's pretty special when, um, when you're when you're talking about it'll probably be the first play that people think of when you think back to this game. So um, it was a big time play and something that our team needed. Uh, uh, what did you see from the two interceptions? Uh-huh. To a, kind of the final you know, the first half. Um, you know, yeah, and uh, you know, I think, um, I think that everything's a, a learning situation. I think um, two is going to say that you know that can't happen. Um, I, I'm I'm going to say that there's, uh, you know, I, I I definitely wasn't right in my play call. Um, but so, you know, he's, we've got to work together and I, um, I, I put a lot of trust in his hands and he's going to protect me, um, in that way. And he, what I was very happy about is those offer a cup, you know, the second one, you know, it's, it's hard for me to, you know, that's, that, that's a, that's a tough one that, um, you know, I, I think it's more the first one, um, that, that I think in hindsight, we could really have back. He'll say both. Um, but I'm always looking for, uh, you know, those type of scenarios to make sure that we are in our progression, um, you know, as 
working together and that he's he's in the appropriate space because things are going to happen that you're not going to like um and one of the biggest uh, obstacles he's had to climb is uh you know frustration with within his own game within a game and making sure that that doesn't linger what i did see was him bounce back and um that takes a lot of training especially when um he's in the, he's as accountable of a player as he is um you know that he he is he is have you ever shaved balls we seem to have run into an ad with our mike mcdaniel so we're gonna let that ad go by and we are going to just let it continue to go by. We will get back to Mike McDaniel. We're going to get the ad go by, go by. And you know what we're going to do while the ad's going goodbye? Why, we're going to tee up Oh man, I'm just too slow for this. Back to Mike McDaniel. To execute on a, a down back he'll say both um but i'm always looking for uh you know those type of scenarios to make sure that we are in our progression um you know as working together and that he's he's in the appropriate space because things are going to happen that you're not going to like um and one of the biggest uh, obstacles he's had to climb is uh you know frustration with within his own game within a game and making sure that that doesn't linger. What I did see was him bounce back. And, um, that takes a lot of training, especially when, um, he's in the, he's as accountable of a player as he is. Um, you know, that he, he is, he is absolutely positively so angry with himself in those moments, but to be able to come back and, uh, and lead with authority, and um, do all the things that we ask him to do to execute on a, a down and down basis um, for the rest of the game. I thought um, was was very encouraging. I also thought that he uh, probably had his best third down game against a really good third down defense. That's a very good defense in general, but in third down, they it's not easy to move the chains. And um, you know, I think we were eleven for sixteen on third down, so. Um, there was there was some good stuff there too. So um, it's not all uh, picks um, in my mind. Uh, I, it, there was a lot of good performance by him, and then also I really liked how he he bounced back from that um, and didn't let that uh, keep him from playing the position uh, as we know he he is capable of um, throughout the rest of the game. Do the trajectory of. Um, well, I, I view the trajectory is, um, more this way, right? Um, which is, which is cool. You know, I, I, we talked at a, um, as a team at length, 
you know, there's part of the, the unintended consequence of, you know, maybe a, uh, you know, a side of the ball um, starting, starting off, um, you know, at a historical rate is there's a lot of attention paid to that side. And, you know, I think the, 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 our defense was kind of overlooked for a while. Um, and, you know, on top of that, it didn't start exactly the way they wanted to this season, but it's been a build. And, uh, you know, I think since week eight, you know, um, up until this game, we, we had been number one in the league and, um, defense stopping the run. Um, and, and that, I think that epitomizes the whole team. What they're doing is what we've identified as what we want to do, and that's progress and um, continue to get better as the season progresses, and then um, not uh, not cower in the face of obvious um, obvious parts of our game that we can get better at. You 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 have higher belief in in terms of like run defense, wouldn't you? you to get better as the season progresses and then um not uh not cower in the face of obvious um obvious parts of our game that we can get better at you you you, you have higher belief in in the in the entire unit at the beginning of the season than what we're putting out there in terms of like run defense what do you do about it you work on that and emphasize it and it's there's no shortcut to um to the the gains that they, they've made this has been hard work and dedication each week belief in in what they're being coached and then um complete ownership of responsibilities and you know i've been talking about the way that our that the way that the defense is practiced our defense is practiced since um the buffalo game i keep bringing it up um, and it's amount of it's very satisfying for me as a coach because I know that uh, it, if you just focus on that, that the gains will come. And I think people are starting to see um, some of the stuff that we've we've held internally. We've the the high belief and high esteem that we that we have for um, everybody on the defensive side of the ball, including the coaches. And um, as a result, we're we're starting to have a, a team that's complementing um, each other in, in all three phases. And, you know, there's not – you can't just show up and say, all right, we're going to stop this or we're going to beat this um, to beat the Miami Dolphins. You, you have to deal with um, all sides of the ball. And we had a ton of plays made on the defensive side of the ball today, um, plays that determine the outcome of football games, whether that be turnovers or um, – uh, sacks or, or just very, very competitive um, swarming defense that, that is, uh, I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of. I saw a lot of shuffling with the offense. And Kendall Lamb back. Yeah. We're just bored. All right. We've hit another ad in the customary sense of. Uh, action but i feel like those ads will be pretty fast moving so we're gonna let those ads go through and get back to 
our word from Mike McDaniel. Here he is. Well, the, um, I mean, what more can you say? Like, you have all these, all these uh, lineup changes. Um, you have, you know, people going in and out of different positions. But you see a group that um, understands, that learns, um, not only with with the reps they get, but the reps that their teammates get. Um, and I and I thought, all that being said, the you know they're the backbone. The offensive line was the backbone of the most important offensive drive of the game, which was um, at the end of the third quarter, where the, I think it was a I can't remember it was a two score game, I believe. Um, went 17 plays um, over nine minutes, and I thought that kind of changed um, that on top of uh, Javon's interception. Those were the two big moments in the, in the game as far as uh, giving us a chance to win. So I, they're, uh, I think um, you're starting to see why we were so happy and why it was hard to kind of like, people as starters in training camp because there was a lot of really good competition. There was a lot of, a, a lot of talent, a lot of the, the stuff that we look for. And um, as a result, you can still, still be productive um, when the lineup is changing. So hats off to them. Very, very proud of that group. Um, and, uh, and the, the resolve they have and um, look forward to keep progressing with them. Um, as they continue to get better at all sorts of things um, each and every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know he's he's uh, battling through. Um, no, no real updates uh, with with really anybody. It's um, all uh, it'll be an exciting time when I meet with uh, Kyle and and, and the training staff. Um, you know, over the over the weekend and on the Monday, because you know we're we're just we're we're luckily we're we're very well versed at adjusting. So we'll uh we'll there'll be um, some capable guys that are healthy, who those are, and exactly what that's going to look like. We'll find out. Yeah, the um, the the first one we we had converted, uh, I think a third and short on a screen to Tyreek, and we'd gone down all the way to the five yard line. Um, and in those situations, you're just kind of uh reading the 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 reading the room as it would be um, with regard to your team. I felt very comfortable. I I was very happy with. The um, defense's first series, and I felt like they were ready to play. Just I kind of had that feeling all week, but and so we went to uh, something that you know I'm very comfortable um, putting in two in Tyreek's hands. Uh, you know, against a very good player, we came up short, but proved us proved us right um, by getting a stop and we got the ball back. Um, then the what was the the second drive? Yeah, okay. So the, the difference for me is the 
you go for it on fourth and in a similar distance at the 20 something um and you you get the first down you still have 20 yards to go before you score a touchdown the stakes um you know the the play that I called I kind of knew it was going to be um it's fourth down we're going to take a shot at the end zone to score but if you do convert um you you're talking about first and goal at the four so uh the the it, the risk reward of failure um to me are a little different on the in, in the first quarter in the grand scheme of things from the 5 to the 20 whatever um uh, which was the difference in uh decision making all right Thank you. and that wraps up mike mcdaniel Ladies and gentlemen, and now we are going to step aside from the Sunday Night Football music for now, but we are going to send you over to Penguins post game as I meant as I mentioned. We are going to send you over to Penguins post game, which you can always catch. On the Sports for Beginners podcast, and of course, on the on the ice and behind the benches podcast, in just a few minutes from now, most likely nine thirty. It is now time for the player of the game. Let's get the player of the game through, and then let's just. Put a bow on the show. As we've now got into our closing points of our segment, our final segment is now underway and has been underway. We're just wrapping up some unfinished business with the middle segment. So here is, first of all, your player of the game for both the Dolphins and the New York Jets. In the 34 to 13 Miami Dolphins victory and the 34 to 13 New York Jets lost. For the New York Jets that start there, even though they lost this game, I still think they had a star. And I'm going to give it to. Garrett Wilson, 44 yards, 7 receptions, 10 targets, 6.3 average carry, a touchdown, and his longest yards were 11 yards. So he's your New York Jets player of the game. On the Miami Dolphins side, we're gonna give it. The, we're gonna give the player of the game to the man behind that epic first half ending play. Excuse me. Excuse me. There. Excuse me. There. Javon Holland, 
And I apologize, Holland, if I'm not saying your first name right. I'm I'm apologetic. It was a Dolphins safety who was our player of the game for the Miami Dolphins. One interception, 99 yards, and one touchdown. And if you missed the play, I'm just going to re- Introduce you to it while also introducing you to our New York Jets play of the game that also comes on defense. But first, let's relive if you haven't already listen to it which you can go back to let's relive that iconic probably going to be talked about for many years to come ninety nine yard touchdown And then we're going to do another touchdown pass, which is also your New York Jets player of the game. But I'll let the guys responsible for the game do the talking. So, once again, if you haven't already seen it, here are the guys that called it. And here is the wild first half finish with 99 yards to show for it. And we'll see what ball, how far he can throw it. If indeed he throws it or they try a, a lateral or whatever here. Meanwhile, he just tries to get away from everybody, throws it into the end zone to a lot of traffic, and there's a pick on the other side. And coming back from the end zone is Holland, and Holland is at the midfield, and Holland is inside the 40, and Holland is inside the 20. Can you believe this? That is insanity. It embodies an entire season. This is it for the New York Jets. By Hail Mary, by your own quarterback. And I want, I want you to see, Holland's one of the best three safeties in the National Football League. Right away, he's thinking about, I got a shot. I mean, the entire way, he built up more and more speed. He left all the skill behind him. All the receivers are way behind him. Now you got Weinman and one skill guy in Brees Hall who gets blocked. And now you're asking Boyle to try to make a play right here. And he's... The Miami Dolphins play of the game, the 99-yard touchdown. Now here is another pick six touchdown, but this one comes off the New York Jets. Back to the people that called it on the New York 
Jet play of the game. So, what was the New York Jets play of the game? I'll tell you after the play of the game is revealed. For now, here are the guys that called it, and here is the play of the game. Bottom of the screen, wide right, to a look, throws, at the 27-yard line, tackles, touchdown. Pick six, touchdown for the man in Eccles. Takes to us, pass through the house. And next thing we all know, the Jets are coming. But as all of us know, The Miami Dolphins had the last laugh. So once again, our players of the game from the New York Jets. It is. Garrett Wilson, number 17 of the New York Jets. For the Miami Dolphins, it is Javon Holland. And those are your players of the game. Now, before we get down to our final piece of business in the final segment, it's about time we set up the Sunday matchups. But we can't do that without some Sunday music to get us ready. So let's get it on. And let's actually start right there. Sunday night football matchup right after the evening, right after the late afternoon game. Features the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. In Los Angeles. 8.20 p.m. is the kickoff time. You can see it on NBC Peacock. 
and I'm not sure what the other one is, but you can see it on Peacock and NBC. Live from SoFi Stadium in Ingwood, California. Our late night action begins with at 4.05, the Denver Broncos taking on the Cleveland Browns. Catch that game on Fox. Meanwhile, at 4.05 p.m., we've got the Arizona Cardinals taking the field against the Los Angeles Rams. And then on your 4 o'clock schedule, it's the Buffalo Bills taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's the Kingdom Chiefs in Las Vegas taking on the Las Vegas Raiders at 4.25 p.m. So a lot of action to behold. But I feel like we can introduce the Buffalo Bills game one more time in the best way possible by using its famous touchdown song that I'm sure if you're a Blue Jays fan listening to this program, you've heard from one of our former Buffalo Bills players. And when I say Buffalo Bills players, I mean Buffalo Bison. I'll talk about who he is when we get to the shout song. Whoops, spoiled it. But anyways. At the sound of that Monday Night Football theme, Week 12 ends with a bang matchup featuring the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. That's that game on ABC. Of course, you can catch it on TSN here in Canada. 850 is kickoff time from U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota. It'll be a fun game. We'll drop it number 12. But everybody, I'm sure you're all... People that tune in to this, I'm sure you're all fans of this music. That's about to happen right now as we prepare for our game that are next. For the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bill, for the Dolphins and the New York Jets. That's coming your way right after this. From Shout. It is the Buffalo Bills taking on 
the bills make me wanna Shout. kick your heels up and Shout. throw your hands up and Shout. throw your head back and Shout. come on now, the bills are making it happen. 145 now. is the kick up start. Stand up now, come on and shout. Hey, hey, shout it right now, baby. Are your come next on, game for the Miami Dolphins and, and the New York Jets? Yeah. Now, just to get the Jets game out of the way, because folks, teams are going to two weeks from now. We're only going to count the games that are not the Jets. Because we will be talking Jets Let's football in three weeks time. But our next post-game show for Dolphins post-game will feature a matchup between the Washington Commanders and the Washington Commanders. Come on over to play the Miami Dolphins on home field in Washington. This number third be the date. One o'clock be the start. Week 13, be the venue at FedEx Field, Landover, Maryland. Then it's Monday night for the Dolphins, December 11th, when we go against the Tennessee Titans. And... The Miami Dolphins matchup. There will not be a post game following that game, but do stay tuned in case that changes. For the Miami Dolphin post game content, there will not be, as of right now, there will not be a post game right after that game ends. Because we will double it with the next meeting with the Jets. But what will be a dub, but what will be a post game show is the next two final matchups of our Dolphin post games, featuring a Dallas Cowboys four twenty five matchup at Hard Rock Stadium between the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeehaw! That will be a great match. And we will get to Buffalo Bills football with the Dolphins the second and final time. But not before we face Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens at 1 p.m. on week 17. Speaking of which, before we get to the New York Jets next five games. We will look at the playoff picture. And as it stands right now, Miami Dolphin fans, we are in the playoffs. The Dolphins are in the playoffs. And they are on the bye week. For the first round by. But will it stay that way? Let's see what.
the other weeks of the NFL season bring. The Pittsburgh Steelers also in the playoffs, and they are looking to take care of business against the Baltimore Ravens, if all stays the same. The Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs will meet one more time in the AFC playoffs matchup. The Cleveland Browns will play hope will play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But anything can happen in the AFC, just like anything can happen in the NFC. Speaking of the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles have the first round bye as it stands. With a record of 9-1, and one, one loss, nine wins, and no overtime. The San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks will meet each other in the NFC matchup, 7th and 2nd seed. They'll meet each other. In that matchup, the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions will meet each other in Detroit if all goes according to plan. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to New Orleans to play against the Saints. But that's as it stands right now in the playoff picture. Your wild card picture looks like this. Baltimore, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Miami are already there. Cleveland is there as well. Pittsburgh is there. Houston is on its way. Buffalo, Indianapolis, Denver, Cincinnati, the Los Angeles Chargers. The New York Jets, the Tennessee Titans, and the New England Patriots are very, very close to being eliminated. But like I said, anything can happen, and the Bills still have a chance to change the odds. Will they have home field advantage? Who are they going to face when all is said and done? No one knows, and no one. We'll know until the end of the season. Speaking of the end of the season, let's talk about the Jets' next games. Following the matchup, final meeting against the Miami Dolphins. Now, as mentioned, they lose this game. 34-13. to 13, And are on their way. Next, to play the Atlanta Falcons in MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock next Sunday. The Sunday after that, the Houston Texans come to town with a 1 o'clock p.m. start. Meanwhile, you already know this, but back at Hard Rock Stadium, the Dolphins will wait the coming of the New York Jets 
in hopes of sweeping the New York Jets in the two meetings. But right after that, the New York Jets will face the Washington Commanders before having two more road games on the road between the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots and Bell Belichick. Okay. The Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets games are set. Remember, two weeks. Two weeks, Dolphins Nation. Two weeks, Jets Nation. And both teams are back at Hard Rock Stadium one final time this regular season to complete the first of two meetings this season. And when will that be? That will be week 15 of the regular season. Now, Buffalo Bills fans, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, you've been waiting for this point. It is the Dolphins postgame wrap-up. And it is on your screen right now or uh, on your audio right now. So, as we prepare to close out on a Friday night, Friday afternoon, whatever the case may be, this football game from MetLife Stadium in New York was brought to an attendance record of 82,973 people in attendance. Your referee was John Hussey. And Miami is the winner. The final score, once again, as though I wanted to get to my game perspective, but we couldn't make time for that. The final score, though, as we proceed to sign off on this edition of Dolphins postgame. Until next Sunday, when we face the Washington Commanders, The final score, Miami Dolphins 34, New York Jets 13. That is it for Miami Dolphins postgame. The Miami Dolphins win it 34-13 over the New York Jets in week number 12. What will the rest of the NFL season bring for both these teams? Potential offseason? Probably, but we don't know until we know. So that is it for this one. Thank you very much for listening to Dolphins Postgame and Dolphins Football on the Sports for Beginners podcast. I have been your host, Thomas McGregor. And until next time, Dolphins Nation. Let's have a great victory dub of a Saturday weekend. Happy American Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners, including those in Miami. And happy 
Saturday to all of you Jets fans, and here's hoping for a bounce back. But until then, Dolphins Nation, I'll see you after the Washington Commanders and Miami Dolphins do battle next Sunday. Once again, that is it for the show. Thank you very much for listening. Fins up, Dolphins Nation. And I look forward to catching up with you again next Sunday on Dolphins Postgame. Peace out, guys. Have a great week. This is Dolphins Postgame. Host Thomas McGregor signing off of the Sports for Beginners podcast. Our closing message is next. And we're sending you off to Penguin Taki on the Sports for Beginners podcast. I'm out. Peace. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. You just listened to Dolphins Postgame on the Sports for Beginners podcast network. Now, as we prepare to say goodbye from Dolphins Postgame, we'd like to remind you. That if you want more information on Dolphin Token, who the host of the show is, or when the next Dolphin Token is, please visit the Facebook page of the Sports for Beginners podcast by searching Sports for Beginners Facebook page on Facebook. Want more information on the podcast itself? And of course, this program, just visit Works for Beginners, dot Works, zero.wordpress.com. Once again, that is Works for Beginners, dot Wordpress.com. We'll see you around, Dolphins Nation, and Miami has Dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from the
Looking for a sports podcast that covers sports weekly as well as gets you set up for the day? Check out Weekly in Sports with me, Scott McGregor. We give some shout outs of the week to podcasts like this one and those who do them discuss the Blue Jays, Bill, Raptors, and more. To learn more, check out the Sports for Beginners Facebook page. Search Sports for Beginners.